Welcome back to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, and with me once again are, some people call him the brain, some people call him insane. He's a solo man who feigns at being restrained, but he's always ready to fight like quite Chang King, Brian Solak. <laughs> Coming back once again is... The man who has refinanced his house, refinanced what? his house. He's feeling hella good, and there is no doubt. But like Willis from Different Strokes, when he talks, you're gonna say, "What you talking about?" The forgettable duck, unlike Dan Fouts. He's Matthew Page, and our guest star tonight, the guy <laughs> who sticks to the issues like tar, the Ram who butts his head with sports fans near and far, the man who quotes lame nerd stats. Like work rate and war, Richard A. Michelson. <laughs> that was a long intro. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I want to know. Intro. I want to know how long you spent on like, just, uh, like all week. No, all actually, uh, <laughs> about seven minutes at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, Abe, I, I'm going to jump in really fast with a quick shout out. I love the intro music. I just got to say every time. I come on and I hear that it really gets me jazzed <laughs> in the mood. So like, awesome. Kudos that, to, to, uh, I can't remember your name. That, your is, friend, but that is Eric. Hey. That is Eric Martin. He's our friend. He's a, a part-time SSU guy was, has been on many of our podcasts back when we were on YouTube and we'll get back to YouTube. Once again, his name is Eric Martin. He is with the fast nasties. That's his band. And they actually just dropped this song on YouTube. It's called this here year. And we will be playing it for this entire year of 2021. Right yeah, on. So there. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So take that. Uh, part two. Part two of 2020. <laughs> you pretty much. Yeah. This 2020 is 2020 continued. <laughs> this is that. This is that sequel that nobody asked for. Is this, is this 2020? The 2020, the revenge. Yeah. This is Matrix. Un. That, loaded, uncrappable, or whatever it's called. No, it's, it's the second it's Matrix a Jaws, movie. It's a Jaws sequel no one wanted. Right. Yeah. Well, can I start out with the first question tonight? Does it have to do with sequels, or is it we going to talk about sports? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about sports. Oh yay! Right. It's a That's sports good. show. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I want to know. I want to know. Did the Seattle Sports Union jinx Jordan Morris? I mean. Shortly after we, you know, got to talk to the wonderful folks with Swans Cast, he he gets injured. Was uh, it a week or two later, and he's out for the year? What did he tear his ligaments or? Well, what, let's, yeah. well let's, go to, let's go to the guy who's responsible for our soccer knowledge, and that's one Richard A. the Ram Michelson. Yeah, I, I I doubt that we had anything directly to do with it. I think <laughs> perhaps Jordan <laughs> Morris is the planet. You know? uh, yeah, maybe the guys in you know maybe the guys over in Swans Cast. No, um, I, I think uh, Jordan Morris's overdeveloped quads might have had something to do with it. I mean, never seen a picture of the guy running. He has massive, massive quads, like the size of trash cans. Um, but I mean, it's 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 heartbreaking. It's it's gut wrenching, and um, he had he had established himself as like the super sub on that team. Um, that game, he came in at halftime, tried, you know, made an impact, made some some good stuff, um, and then just went down with no contact. So, um, 
six to nine months of rehab ahead of him. Well, it's going to be more uh, like uh, I read a one calendar yeah. year. Yeah, Ooh, more like yeah. A year. Yeah, that's what it was last time. So when he he wrecked his knee in 2018, um, he could have played in the playoffs that year, that uh, November, but he was way ahead of schedule, and the team wanted to take a long term view and. Um, and then we got knocked out in the first round by um, by Portland, so that sucked. And um, anyway, so that's that's you know what happened last time. So yeah, it's it's probably it's probably twelve months. That's the bad news. The good news is it's the same injury, so it's not like he's having to learn something new. It's just on a different leg. Um, it's not his primary leg; it's his off leg. So. Um, I mean, that's something, that, but you know, in soccer, they're both important. Um, it's just plant leg for, for, you know, shooting with his right foot. Yeah. There hasn't been a good um, soccer player since Hoppy McGee back in 1943. <laughs> and no, there's no such guy. You need both legs. Yes. We understand. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, you know, a couple things that are different. Um, it's especially gutting because his chances of going to Europe, like that, that part of his career is probably over. But He's this probably stay in the United States for the rest of his career, which, I mean, isn't all bad, but, uh, you know, he, he, he dreamed of going to Europe and I doubt he ever makes it there. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, kind of the end of it. And by the way, everybody check out, check out the great uh, guest starring role that myself and uh, Rich had on the Swans cast. And that's on, uh, just look for Swans cast on YouTube. It's the Swansea city AFC soccer fan club. They're kind of like us, but, but in, in Wales, and they did the nice Luke and Lee were fantastic. And they let us interview them and they, they were on this show a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. And that's not the only piece of awful news that happened this week. We're going to talk a lot of baseball, but why don't we just talk about the thing that just made me want to drive up to Everett and punch Matthew page in the face. And that would be the news this week about <laughs> Russell Wilson and uh, and his his pending problems or his uh, impending or current problems with the uh, Seahawks management. What's going on, guys? What is like other other than me just going out on a rampage and you know kicking puppies in the streets? What can we do about this? Like, what, do we need to calm down? Or should we start panicking? I say panic. Kicking puppies, that's never stopped you before, my friend. But um, Oh, that that's me I, being calm. <laughs> like that's, that's, me. <laughs> that's his go-to. I, I, long story short, I mean, it, it, those who have a subscription to The Athletic, there's a good article on there, and they break three different writers break down the timeline of the season and Russell Wilson and the events that led up to the last couple of days and – in my opinion, the guy wants out of here. I don't know if it's his wife telling him <laughs> he gets hurt, hurt too damn much, or or if she wants to focus on her career. So you need to get traded to where I can people hold the spot that could be on me. But the guy wants out. I mean, I know he's not going to go at least this year because of the the cap hit that we're going to take. But I mean, if he wants out of here, 
Get out of town, buddy. That's my opinion. Solak is blaming the wife. I need to go to the other married guy on this podcast. Rich Michelson. Is, was that your first impression? Was that was was it to to blame the significant other? No. Oh no, no. it's oh, not okay. to blame the significant other. It's so here. Hang on, hang on. Before you go, before you go on, we know whose significant other listens to this podcast and whose doesn't. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> now, my wife would never spend any of her time listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> oh, we no. can say whatever the hell I want. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know that blaming the wife is is, or maybe a minor a bit of no. This is this is one hundred percent Russell Wilson. Okay, this is who this guy is. This guy dreams of being a brand. He wants to be LeBron with the 50,000 business interests everywhere and be an icon and whatever, except he's a crappy version of LeBron because he doesn't actually have any real opinions. It's just saccharine. Matt, Matt, you're of the opposite camp. You're actually in the stop panicking, everybody calm the hell down. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I agree with with what Rich just said, and that he he wants he has lofty dreams and lofty goals. He views that he wants to he wants to compete with you know the the all time greats in terms of stats and stuff like that, and and maybe this offense does hinder him a little bit in that regard, which is a fair point. Uh, but you know, I mean, the reality is he signed a deal. I. I and 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 we we're 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 gonna we're gonna hold him to the deal. Uh, he's one of maybe six quarter franchise quarterbacks on the face of the planet. And everyone, yeah, we we had a we had a quite the quite a debate in a, in a text thread today that I missed part of because I have a, a, a sick animal. But um, I came back to and went, wow, okay, I'm not gonna catch back up. But the gist of it was trade trade Russell, get him out of here. If he's if he's unhappy, let's get rid of him. The thing I never saw was what do we get back and how do we rebuild and how do we come back to the level we are? Because I think the, the best option here is, is that we make him happy. We give him, some of the, some of the, the, the article, the article mentions he's unhappy because he doesn't get listened to and he sees, you know, he sees Tom Brady and all the, all the decision-making and control that he has and the power that he has at Tampa Bay and he doesn't have any of it because Pitt Carroll controls this team with an iron fist, and not even not even Schneider has 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 really any 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 real power. Pete Carroll runs this team. Yeah, and, and, and that's fair. That's fair. I want I want to I want to touch on what you just said because that's the important bit of it. Is what if you trade him? There is a potential for a teardown. So any trade that's made cannot be a teardown because Pete Carroll has X amount of time left. It, whatever that amount of time is, he's the oldest yeah. coach in the NFL. And he's not just going to take 100 draft picks and we'll bring this back up in two, three years. I mean, it's it's got to be fair value um, and it's got to be you know, something that, that rebuilds his team. And I, I was just looking at it and like, uh, one of the questions I got is like, what would you take? I'm like, everybody's got a price. Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, everybody's got a price, <laughs> you know? Um, and I do have a it's price. True. I, I do have a price. Yeah. And, and that's the, 
that's the fascinating part. And you're right, Matt. We don't we don't discuss often enough what is that price. Um, there was an article uh, in the Athletic that talked about it, and I thought some of them were interesting. Um, did you guys get a chance to look at what what the offers were? Um, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, just for those of you who don't know, uh, there's only four teams. By the way, throughout the entire day, guys, we heard like 17 different reports of 20 different teams that, you know, uh, were potential. But it turns out there's only four. And that only came to light maybe, you know, uh, about four or five hours ago. And those teams are, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Cowboys, Saints, uh, Bears and Raiders. Bears and Raiders, yeah. So when you end up with these constraints, it's not a free market, and you're not getting you're not going to get, in my opinion, Fair value. Yeah, you, you, the value is going to be hard to be fair. However, I want it to be known. You got to listen because you never know when a dumbass like Jerry Jones might offer you the moon. Yeah, but what do you? What would you get from the Cowboys? I mean, you're not going to get a quarterback in return because they can't. They won't sign their own. So that's fine. They can franchise. They can franchise Prescott and still trade him to us if we traded trade up and then get their number ten pick. And so you want us to pay forty two million dollars to Prescott? Is that what the franchise tag is? It, it is something a, it, it like is that. A, it yeah. is a franchise tag, but I mean, you you package it's a two time franchise. You, you package the deal though, like you package. Well, hey. Maybe Des- maybe Dak wants to get the hell out of there, you know, and you sign him to a long term deal, and it's not forty two million. I would, you know, maybe you backload that so it's not not as disgusting as it would be. Um, but like uh, Solak, you just said, you get a high draft pick that could work for me. Um, you know, it, it's it's you get younger at the quarterback position, and you get a a decent draft pick that you could trade out of and get maybe two second round picks or something like that. Absolutely. Um, now looking at looking at the article, I'm just refreshing my memory because I pulled it up again. By the way, that article the best, that article is yeah, just a bunch of. Uh, I, I know some people some people think like you know oh well this this is exactly the trades that those you know uh, uh, teams would want. We don't know what these teams are offering Snyder and Carroll. You know this yeah, is just no, these are just they're about as good as what you the four of us could come up with. So, you know, yep. maybe yeah, they're slightly by better. The beat writers, the beat writers for each of those teams. They're like, Hey, how about this? Yeah. You know? And, and cause the and, one I yeah. guys, the one I laughed at was, was the whole, Oh, well the Seahawks will take Nick Foles. And I just laughed. I'm like, we're not, Oh taking, yeah. We're not taking Nick Foles. No, the one I, I was going to say, the one that I like the best on here is, is the Raiders offer really. All right. For everybody. Um, what was it? Because I don't, I don't remember. They could flip Derek Carr back to us. So we would get a replacement. They you throw in, uh, they want to throw in the 2022 first round pick, a uh, second year guard John Simpson, and then a special teams guy safety Tanner Muse, and that's the best we can do. I would, I would, I would go with. I'd take the guard because we could use the offensive lineman. I'd take the first round pick, and instead of Tanner Muse, I'd take another pick you know what's funny maybe, maybe some later around picks i want to add to this year's draft so like so uh, rich i want you to respond to that but i just want to jump in you know i would take that if you don't give me Derek carr 
Can well, I not have Derek Carr? Is, That'd be the great thing is if I could not. Well, have see, him. the thing is, is that he's 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 only making twenty mil next nineteen point five next season. So he's so he's cheap, t- and you get like it, you him. get him for a year, and it, and and if you if you if you if you get enough draft picks with it, maybe you turn and you can get yourself a franchise quarterback out of the out of the draft but, later on. But Rich, you're gonna like I'm uh, not Rich, uh, Matt. You're gonna like this. I'd rather have Mariota than Derek Carr. Uh, I, uh, well, Mariota's yeah. cheap. He's cheap as dirt. I, I know, I know he's cheap Solak as dirt. Is. And you know what? Uh, no, I'm uh, Rich and I are the Husky fans. If anybody hates Mariota, it'd be us. And here's what I'm saying yeah. is like uh, Mariota and Carr are the same guy in my opinion, but Mariota is much cheaper and I'd rather take a shot at a cheaper guy than some expensive lame-ass guy. No, uh, uh, Mariota also oh, – yeah, Mariota can also win you like a moment with his feet and Carr can't. Well, Carr is an excellent is an excellent passer. Yes, he's not as mobile. They're not the same guy. They really aren't. Um, and as a Duck fan, I'm kind of holding out hope that Mariota gets traded to the Patriots and becomes their next quarterback because I think he I think he'd do well there. He could he could do the offense that they were trying to do with Cam Newton. And Come actually, on. you want a Mariota you want a Mariota Seahawks jersey? Oh, I'd love the Howard one. I absolutely I'd buy one that that millisecond that it happened. I don't worry, but. Um, no, it, I, 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 I'm just saying out of these offers, this one gives us a concrete quarterback back that we can at least use temporarily. We don't necessarily as a team, you know, plummet from maybe, you know, top 10 of teams in the league to like bottom 10 teams in the league by losing Russell. We have Derek Carr. So we're maybe now, instead of being like seventh best team in the league, we're now like 10th. Okay. And and we add depth at the line. We add tons of picks we can use. That one is usable. The Bears offering Nick Foles is hilarious and not even worth considering. Yeah. Uh, the Saints offering Taysom Hill is a joke as well. Well, see, here's the part. Uh, here's the would, part about that that I liked was the Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. Marshawn Lattimore is intriguing. You give me draft picks. picks. You give me draft picks and Lattimore. I'll, I'll talk. I don't want Taysom yeah, Hill. Sorry, Rich. I don't, I don't want your freaking BYU leftovers. You guys, you guys down in BYU hadn't put out a quarterback since uh, 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 who? Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how well did that go? Well, I mean, he had like a twenty-year career. He so was a he was a good clipboard holder. I guess he was a good backup. Yeah. He, he um, held a clipboard well, with the best starter. Of he was a spot an, starter. Yeah, I absolutely. You absolutely don't take Taysom Hill. He's not a quarterback in the NFL. You don't take him in that trade, he's, and then and he's also overpaid. He's very overpaid. Very overpaid. And then the Cowboys, they don't have anyone to offer. I mean, they they don't even have Andy Dalton to, to flip to us because he's not under contract anymore. I don't think. Well, they're so, really they're they, really they're really hoping that we would take Dak Prescott from them. And I'm gonna but, be I'm gonna be honest. I'd rather I'd rather say, why don't you give me Zeke Elliott and I'll see if I can rehab him. But they don't have Dak Prescott. That's the problem. They, see, that's what I'm saying. Is I'd rather have Zeke Elliott. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? I'd rather have a if if Carroll's gonna be the freaking stodgy old cotter that he is, and he just wants to ground and pound. Uh, not against that, but fine. Give me a star running back. Maybe we can rehab Elliott. I don't want D- Dak Prescott. No. What's he gonna do? Come here and. Be annoyed like Russell Wilson that he can't throw fifty times a game. 
I I think that it's the wrong. I mean, here's what I'd like if we could if we could swing it is, and I and I'll be honest, I don't know the rosters well enough to know who who could even be put on there. But could we swing a trade for Russell for like a future Hall of Fame offensive lineman if we're going to run the ball and be as stodgy as we are? Can I get another Steve Hutchinson or Walter Jones, please? Well, I think that Raiders deal was kind of what Matt was talking about. You get a star offensive lineman. You get a star offensive lineman who's in his second year, so he's cheap. You okay, get a, is he is he a future like is he a, is no, he a not, Steve Hutchinson is second he a, no. second year no. No. second year it's hard to tell uh, did, yeah so then then it's well, not, probably not I mean Russell Wilson is either like he's a, already like a borderline Hall of Fame I think and, he's, he's gonna be in yeah because the, yeah. the NFL he's, Hall of Fame is yeah. like hey let's try let's put in nine nine people every year yeah well actually they they have a rule that they put in. A certain number every year. So yeah, that's, which is that's crazy. But yeah, well, I mean, what's crazy is if you, if you ever take a look at who's not in the Hall of Fame for the NFL, it's it's impressive. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is like Pete Carroll obviously has won a Super Bowl here, um, taking us to another one. Kept had us in the playoffs. What all but one year that he's been here. Two years. Two years. Okay. Two years? Yeah, two years. One. One. Uh, Was it one? No, no, no. Two. We've two, two. two. We've had two. Right off, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, mm. ten years ago, we didn't make it. Okay. This first year, I think. So two, first year in the – So two out of oh, 11 years, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Okay. So that's, pre- that's pretty awesome, quite frankly. Um, but we've also just in that – in his time with – if Russell Wilson goes, this will be the fourth Hall of Famer that we have let go in their prime. Fourth Hall of Famer in their so, prime. I'm trying so, to. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I, I'm going to ask Sorry. you, Rich. Rich, third, I'm going to ask Rich. Third Hall of Fame. Rich, I got to ask. I got to ask you. So what? So you cannot win consistently in the NFL unless you have high-end talent especially at the quarterback position, but also at other key skill positions, depending on how you put your team. Um, I mean, that's, that's just the, the way it is. You, and if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to be dominant at something. Well, and that's kind of on defense and that's kind of whether my... it's running the ball or, or whatnot, but we've, we've, we've lost a bunch of Hall of Fame talent. Um, and that's what, and, and that's interesting because that's something we need to note is um are are we paying are we paying Wilson too much like are we paying him too much to just be a guy who hands off the ball and launches yes. launches a long ball yes. every once in a while? Yes. What, what's that so we're like? not using him so paying him way too much. I mean if the guy's gonna say he's gonna and he's gonna whine and bitch about how he has no protection then renegotiate your contract, give away a little bit of money and or add it down the road because mm-hmm. we have so many damn holes on this team, dude. We're not going to go to the Super Bowl with what we have on this team right now. The, to be fair, uh, yeah. to be fair, you don't know he hasn't offered that. Yeah. He approached, according to the article uh, from multiple sources, he approached Carroll after the Super Bowl and wanted to know what the plan was going forward regarding the uh, the offensive line and addressing the issue 
and he had some ideas, and he was completely rebuffed. We don't know that he hasn't offered to restructure in, in, in the event that they want to go get more offensive line talent. We don't well, know that. This is also a guy who has Jay Keeps as his private quarterback trainer, and so, I mean, there's that's issues right there, in my opinion. That's, so. that's, that's a poor choice right there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should have got – You should have. hey, Rich, you should have got uh, Ridley uh, – oh, what was that guy's name? The guy that Riley overtook Nelson. him at BYU. Riley Nelson. Riley. For, for someone Riley who Nelson. rings that bell – so often, you think you can remember the poor guy's name. No, no. I'm not going to remember his name because he's not worth remembering. He wasn't that great. Well, but you, but it's the old battle axe you keep on bringing up. So you should at least remember the guy's name. I mean, you can remember Dan McGuire. I why can't you remember poor Riley Nelson? I don't know. I Nelson? just love I love that you yelled at his sister in the stands. It's so that was hilarious. Amazing. It really is awesome. Well, because um, Dan McGuire was a poor man's Brock Osweiler. He was so tall, he was more effective than any other quarterback in the league. Uh, okay. Yeah, seeing as, that, <laughs> seeing as that that Osweiler contract with Houston, Osweiler is actually a rich man's Osweiler. Yeah, uh, he yeah got that's a, a problem. He that's, took a lot of money. He's a poor man, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> he didn't get paid like Brock Osweiler did. <laughs> All right. All right. Anybody got any final words about this? I, I, I want to say I, what I think the, the Seahawks should do here is they should sit down at a table with Wilson and they should and, and Pete Carroll should have to listen to his damn ideas and make and make peace. And, you know, they reconcile because the bottom line is, is that the replacements out there aren't very optimal. There really isn't a replacement. And, and if we if we have to trade him. We're looking at a rebuild, a full rebuild. Well, and yeah, like you were, like you were saying, Pete Carroll isn't going to want a rebuild because no. he's got like three years left or whatever, and that's that. You know, and here's he the, wants to win for his three years. And here's the thing, and I hope Russell Wilson's smart enough to figure this out. If he gets traded to a team, we're going to want such a king's ransom; it'll cripple that team. Yep. So yeah. you know, like, uh, here's, like here's the other thing. Here, here, here's the other thing with, with Russell Wilson, <laughs> and I, 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 I blasted him at the beginning of this segment, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little heat off the ball here, and you guys can yell at me if you want to. But if you are gonna give him the ball with two minutes to go in the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game, and you're trusting your franchise's, you know, uh, good fortune, you know. Uh, prospects standing in the league with this guy with the ball in his hands, right? That's a lot of trust. There needs to be a ton of trust between the quarterback and the coach in that situation. If he feels like he needs to be valued, listen, yeah, listen to his ideas, right? But, you know, maybe, I mean, and I don't know, like, I don't know where, where things are at with that, but, um, I mean, obviously, you don't want to listen to him for all personnel decisions. But if he says, "Look, I'm not comfortable because of this," can we fix this? And that you should listen to. Last word on the subject, Solak. I can I can feel the disgust all the way from my house. <laughs> wow, you know me. You know me pretty well. Um, <laughs> I, how you guys keep saying, "How do we know that they said this? How do they say that?" Well, how do we know we didn't actually physically listen to what Russell Wilson had to say, and we thought what he had to say was pretty stupid? I mean. 
we haven't heard Pete Carroll's side of the story, in my opinion. I mean, come on. Uh, there's two sides of the story. I think Russell Wilson's being a big, if this is true, he's being a big baby about it. And I mean, I don't want to lose a guy. I mean, he's a huge part of our franchise. We, we won our Super Bowl with him. But the bitching, if he's truly bitching about you know, what I read in that article on The Athletic, I mean, dude. Uh, so what I, is he supposed to do, though? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. We got to move on to some other subjects here. I know, but I, but my, my point is, is what is he supposed to do? He's he's tried to them, from his point of view, he's tried to address it with them behind closed doors. They aren't listening to him. Well, how what do we know that, though? What? Hang on, hang on. No, so I, I said that was the last word, but it's not the last word. Okay. Right? You, you got Sorry. You, you, Rich actually brought up the whole Tom. I think you brought up the Tom Brady thing. Or it might have been you, Matt. Um, I did, yeah. He's not Tom Brady. No. No. And and Tom Brady worked at a franchise where Bill Belichick was God. Yeah. Kind of how Pete Carroll is at our franchise. I mean, it's and, that and level of control. The end. Well, Bill, Beli- Bill Belichick uh, still has, what, six rings in his, in his cabinet? I'd say he did a pretty good job. Um, yeah, and also yeah. his regime coached up Brady from being a six round pick into something pretty good. So yeah. Brady owes something to Belichick. Let's move on to something else because, uh, this, this is aggravating and all of us want to kill each other. And, uh, <laughs> and so, no, so like wants want Sierra to, to like wants to kill, uh, Mr. Sierra, Mr. Wilson. No, yeah. he wants to break up the marriage between Sierra and, uh, Russell, <laughs> I truly uh, do. Well, I, can, I can make a call and, and, and <laughs> happen. Um, Abe, but, who we all want to kill is the guy that disgraced our favorite baseball franchise to hate. I'm getting to so, that because the happiest man, the happiest man in Seattle right now, is John Stanton, the majority owner of the Seattle Mariners, because this whole debacle about Russell Wilson has got all the media <laughs> off of, <laughs> off of this Kevin Mathers. Bull stuff, um, guys. Um, let's start with Solak. Kevin Mathers. Does he embody everything wrong with what's been with the Mariners for the last twenty years? Yes, he did. he shows what a. I'm sorry to say this, but he shows what a piece of shit franchise this has been for, since 2001. I mean, whoever that fan was that found the his interview with the whatever club in in Bellevue. Back the in rotary. early February, the rotary. Club. Thank you, the rotary. I mean, the guy ru- basically ruined Mather's career, but Mather should never have said what he said. I mean, my, my first impression when I watched that video was uh, I don't know if you guys seen the movie Liar Liar, where the kid wants Jim yeah. Carrey to tell the truth. I mean, it, it's like Kevin Mather. Kevin Mathers has a young kid who wished his dad to tell the truth, and Kevin Mathers came out and said all this stupid crap about. You know, Jared Kellenick and Logan Gilbert and Julio Rodriguez and how they brought up 15 prospects last year with no intention to promoting them to the big leagues and all the other crap. I mean, he talks about how Julio Rodriguez and others can't speak English that well. And yeah, there's, there's no people, reason for him. There's to people on that. this. There's people on this podcast that aren't very good at <laughs> communicating their issues <laughs> speaking of which matt matthew page you've been defending these owners for years you're up oh man yep i did no this is indefensible but i i want to i want to say it's not 
just an indicator of how this baseball team thinks. What it is is actually a window into the into the front office of most baseball teams. It's a it's a systemic problem in in most front offices across the uh, across the, the the country. And and if you read a lot of, a lot of the comments from from sports writers across the country, they weren't surprised that he felt that way. They were surprised he was saying the quiet parts out loud. Uh, it was more like holy crap, he's actually admitting to it. We we all know he felt. We all know that they feel that way, but we're not. We're surprised he's he's admitting it out loud. Um, this is going to have far-reaching implications, and it will probably help. Uh, what's helping the the, uh, the union with their case that that's uh, probably going to lead to a work stoppage after this season. We'll get to but, that. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a, a bit. Yeah, we'll get to but that. I mean, I'm, I'm... He, his comments are defensible. He 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 wasn't just ripping on specific players. He was making bigoted and and borderline racist remarks if not fully racist um and and it was it was horrifying and then the, then he was complaining about iwakuma's seventy five thousand dollar a year um translator like like who cares they're who cares? paying iwakuma 10 15 million dollars a year to pitch for you what's seventy five thousand? i mean who cares yeah. you know but he chose that to tick on to belittle the guy, and oh, we're having him vote for spring training this year, and I, you know, it's like what? I hope he doesn't. You're not paying for his translator this time. What's going on there? You know? Yeah, Rich, Rich, it's horrifying. Rich, you live abroad. Um, nobody's talked about oh, the Mariners in 20 years. How does this look from a in, from a national perspective? Horrible. This was this was the front page story on ESPN for like three days. Yeah. Right below the banner ad and the score, the scoreline. This was huge. Um, I mean, so many things here. I'll, I'll start with the most obvious one. The CEO of the Mariners is supposed to be the face of management. And you picked this doofus to be your leader, to be the guy in charge. He's a minor. He's, he's a minor. Incredibly stupid. But well, by one, one quick he's note, yeah. Incredibly yes. arrogant. As, as Dave's saying, he's a minor owner, but he's also been with the team since 1996. Yeah, I don't care. No, I'm saying, I'm saying that that's how long they've had him there. That that makes it worse in my mind. It makes it incredibly worse, but it also speaks to a lack of management. Um being, you know, the right set of managers for the Mariners franchise. They just don't seem to get it. We've had mediocre people in the front office since Pat Gillis left. Or mediocre or just bad. Um, the Lee Elia had, and Howard Lincoln era. Yeah, that, that, that era when Lou Pinello was, you know, in the, you know, in the clubhouse. And By the way, then, their, uh, their families are still owner, part owners of the club. Uh, the Elias. Yeah. And this is, this, this just irritates me. It's like, you know, it, we need to like fire the ownership. <laughs> like, I, yes, yes, <laughs> we do. <laughs> Cause it's not, well, in, my, in my opinion, I know we can't, I, in my opinion, <laughs> this isn't a Mathers. I, I feel like here, I, I can't substantiate this. This is just what I feel like. I feel like he went to a rotary club. They had breakfast. They had a little mimosa. 
They had, yeah. you know, a little drinky poo. And then he's up there trying to do his little comedy act or, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe he's just being loud and drunk. That's my opinion. And someone just happened to videotape it. Yep. Someone realized, holy crap, he's saying stuff that people are going to want to know about. <laughs> no, they posted it. No, I know. I the know. Rotary Club posted it. No, I know. It. Like, I don't, it wasn't just a, yeah, I mean, this is not a, like, um, this isn't a, a handheld mobile. This isn't a handheld. This is not a Mitt Romney at a fundraiser with the the waiter like you know narking on him. Oh yeah, type of a thing. The forty seven percent one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This this is this is the fact that uh, the smugness, the 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 hubris. Right, but I think he thought he was in elite company or not elite. It, maybe that's not the right word, but like. Wasn't, matter well, he it's thought he was behind so, closed doors with people who thought the same so he could say whatever he wanted yeah well, and here's what i'm saying so, rich rich what i'm saying is i think the that. other owners i think the other other owners are best buddies with this guy and feel the exact same way yeah yep. oh, I, well that's, I, I, that's that's what was shocking to me was you know reading reading about the you know the other sports writers across the country are basically saying yeah that's how most front offices and the people who work there think this is not surprising it's surprising he said it out loud you know, he said the quiet part out loud. He's Trump, basically. You know, yeah. And and it, it look it's horrible that it's coming from our for our franchise first. But uh, apparently, most of it's like this is this is a systemic issue of the culture in front offices, uh, um, and their and their feelings towards these players. So, what do you guys think of? Uh, let's let's go around the table on this one. What do you guys think of service time? So one of the one of the big things that uh, that Mathers got in trouble for was he said, "Oh yeah, we kept Jared Kelnick down because we want to keep his service time." And Matt, we'll get to you in just a minute, but I want to start with Solek because Matt, <laughs> you're to blame you for can all feel this. Me out here? You're to blame for all this. So Solak, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, you played you played at a high level until you got caught yelling at people for sitting down on benches. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. What, what do you think about what do you think about this service time rule? And if you could explain it, that'd be great too. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I give a good explanation. If not, I'll leave that in Matt's hands. But a long story short, I was rooting for Kellenick to come up all last year during the summer. If you look at listen to our, our podcast throughout the summer, I was rooting for him, and you guys said I was incorrect, and he wasn't going to come Matt, up. Matt did. You guys- Matt did. I didn't say okay. that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so I was correct, but I, I don't. I don't know the <laughs> no legal. Like, go on, like, go like, on. Don't let Matt interrupt you. I don't know the legalities to explain. I apologize to our fans, but long story short, there's a service time of, uh, especially of these top prospects of, I believe it's like six years uh, for once once they are brought up to the big leagues or something to before they can become free agent five or six years, but. Um, and, and, uh, this idiot Mathers explained it, it to his, in his conversation to the Rotary Club that they held these guys back for a reason. And he, he commented on, uh, Kellenick will be up, but not till the middle of April. And he, he explained why they held him back last summer. And also the same for Logan Gilbert, who was a star pitcher they drafted a few years ago. And, Basically, the the Kellenick's going to be the face of the uh, of when the union goes 
to discussion the MLB for how how many years these players are going to have for being the face of the franchise because of stupid Kevin Mathers and yeah. Uh, so so essentially so essentially they kept Kalanick down because yeah. it keeps the clock from starting on his rookie yep. contract. My question to you, Solak, is, um, I mean, obviously that's the role. I mean, so they're, they're gaming the system here. Uh, is that right or wrong from a player perspective? It, it, it's wrong. I mean, it, it, number one, they should have said a damn word about it and there wouldn't be any issues about that right now. But if a, if a player is good, Kelnick works his ass off, they, there's a reason why they had that taxi squad last year and for Mathers to come out and to say they brought the, they took a risk and brought up these 15 prospects with no intention to promote them to the big leagues in case of COVID or whatever the issue might be. I mean, that that's wrong. And, uh, and I'm totally on Kellenick's side. I mean, and I hope he gets his just due. Rich, uh, Kellenick's pissed off. And so is his, uh, so, so, so is his uh, agent, by the way, you know, um, that's, <laughs> No shock there. Um, no shock there. <laughs> yep. What What are your thoughts? You know, looking at this from a, like I said, a more detached point of view. You have these service contracts. There's intentionally GMs around the country trying to keep players. It's wage. It's wage stuff. Is what it is. And it's also self defeating, right? It's it's the the complete antithesis of what the best sports franchises do. The best sports franchises are focused on the on-field product and the fan experience, and the two are connected. But it's like it, it's all the other things that go into it. Okay, so um, a few years ago, I, I went to Boston, uh, New England, on vacation with my wife, and um, we we went to Fenway Park. The the, the uh, Red Sox were in town. Um, to watch a game, and I, I didn't want to watch the Red Sox per se. I just wanted to go to Fenway because I'd never been there, and it's one of what two really truly historical parks that still exist. Uh, the other one being Ridley Everett Field. Memorial Stadium. Um, <laughs> like I said, Wrigley Field, and uh, oh, 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 sorry, okay, okay, they meant Funko. Um, Park. Sorry, yes, um, and Fenway Park, and so the game day experience there was was. Awesome awesome but also like the on-field product there is awesome and you don't see the yankees you don't see um the red sox doing crap like this you don't see the dodgers doing crap like this they plunk down their money they pay the luxury tax now mind you all those teams make way more money than the mariners but more to the point Within recent memory, the Mariners were the number one attendance team in baseball. They had um, non, you know, non-TV revenue that was number one in baseball because the product on the field was awesome, and they didn't do crap like this. And I mean, they're basically blowing up their relationship with Kalenic before it's even started. It's basically a like an A-Rod on the way out of town, almost guaranteed at this point, except I think that we had a better chance of keeping A-Rod than we will have of keeping this guy if he becomes a star. 
Matt, final word? Okay, so just another little technical definition of the of, of the service time. The service mm-hmm. time begins once a player is it qualifies as a rookie. And to qualify as a rookie, uh, it's it's I think a hundred and fifty at bat, or hundred at bats and like twenty five or thirty innings pitched. There's a there there are low barriers, but they're they're there. And once that happens, and that then you're in year one of six, and you're basically you're an indentured servant. You're you're a you're a you're a slave to the to the corporation. I I personally am opposed to the, to the existing service time situation. I can sympathize for Kellenic. I think all teams in baseball do this to a certain extent. The, the teams that Rich mentioned, they do they do manipulate it a little bit, but they don't. No one ever admits it. You can't because legally you open yourself to suit lawsuits and you open yourself up to the negotiations that we're going to have to have after after this coming season. The players' contract with a, with the, with MLB is coming up, and and there's going to probably be a work stoppage over this if they don't if if the service time isn't addressed. Yeah, if you mention it, you um, have to resign the next day, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a big it's a big damn deal that he said that, and he and he and he broke the silence on that. Uh, one of the more recent one of the more recent and obvious examples of this happening, uh, the Chicago Cubs, Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. third baseman, star. Uh, everyone in the world knew that he was ready to, to, to open the, uh, I mean, he was, he's hitting dingers left and right in spring training. He had crushed AAA the, the year before. And for you, some hang, reason, hang, stop, stop right there. Do you know what his batting average was during spring training? No, during the, during the, during the year. The, in AAA. the later year. Yeah, it was, it was, I'll just say it, it was five sixty. <laughs> During the during the triple A year, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so he crushed triple A. He came into spring. You training. don't bring up he a was, guy batting five sixty. That's he was hilarious. crushing it. He was crushing it. Well, it's it's Pacific Coast League, so it was. But five sixty, Matt. Anyway, I'm not saying I'm not saying three sixty. Let me get to my point. Let me get to my point. What really happened was he 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 crushed it in PCL, as you said. He was hitting dingers and kicking butt in, in, in spring training. Everyone in the world saw that he was ready. And the Cubs found a reason to not have him up into the majors until around magically May, like 10th or something like that, when all of a sudden he wouldn't, he would fall under what there's, there's a called super two status. So he would, he, they would, they would somehow finagle an extra year of service out of it. And so they had this guy who was absolutely, um, uh, you know, ready to go, but they, they made him stay in the minors so that they could keep him at slave wages for another year. And everyone in the world knew what they were doing, but they didn't say it out loud. So there was no real, you know, they said, oh, well, he's got some holes in his swing. And, they, you know, and that's our judgment. And we're the scouts and we're the ones who make that call, you know. So there was no, there was no real case for it, you know, or anything. But now Kellenick's got an open and shut, you know, lawsuit on his hands and and that's just that's just bad business uh if not just being a terrible person uh so i don't know if you have a lawsuit uh, with collective bargaining but there's definitely a strike coming up well there's definitely yeah there's there's a there's a strike on the horizon because of it let's put it that way they have a case when they sit down in the boardroom to negotiate um and 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 so even though the guys now resign it doesn't matter he could sue for breach of contract 
But it's not though, because it's been collectively not really. bargained what, what you can do with service time. Yeah. So, um, my, my, I'm, I'm absolutely on Kellenic's side. I think these, these Rich, need to be reworked. And Rich, you and, gotta, and, Rich, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Rich, you got to yeah. remember the stupid antitrust exemption has not been lifted from baseball, which I've been um, shouting about for years. And it just doesn't, yeah, just doesn't. Well, I want to, I want to say one last thing real, real quick here. The, uh, the view, the reason why the Seattle Mariners did this from their view, okay, it's wrong, but th- this is from their view, is they wanted to hold him back. You can make the case on Logan Gilbert that he wasn't quite ready. That's a little, there, there's a little more there to it. He probably won't be up till halfway through the season. That's, that's, unless he really blows the doors off in spring training. Um, but you can make the case on Logan Gilbert. But the reason why they held back Hellenic is because they've got a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of pitchers. And there's some other exciting guys that are like lagging behind him that like they want to, they want to, they want to push Kellenic back so that they, they, they all fit in the window. They've got this window on their calendar of when they're going to have all these, these young talent come up and they wanted to have the talent, the window be as wide as possible. And if Kellenic comes up two years ahead of the rest, then he's going to be leaving, you know, when those guys are just getting fully, you know, settled at the major level or something, you know, that, okay. that's why they did it. So it's not right. Say- so Can I say one last thing about that before yeah. you start? I, sorry, I studied up on the Brian case. To be exact, it was April 17th he started that year, and he spent 170 exactly 171 days on the roster. He was one shy of the minimum to start his, his ticking clock. So Yeah. Okay, so let's go in this yeah. order. Let's go in this order. Rich, uh, Matt, then Solak. Um it's collective bargaining time. You're looking at the service contracts. We all hate it. What is an alternative to that? Because I've been trying to think like, what else do you do? And I feel like every permutation I come up with is manipulate. You can manipulate it easily. Rich, go ahead. Um, I think that you do contracts that are combo major minor league contracts, but they're for a period of time. So, for example, you have a top prospect like Kalenic. You sign him for six years. At the end of that six-year contract, he's a free agent. None of this service time garbage, none of this rookie contract garbage. Um, just do it Do it like every other pro sport does. Matt? Yeah. Um, I think I think Rich is on the right track, but I would go longer. I'd say maybe eight because these these guys have to teams have to develop these players, and we want to encourage a farm system and a, and a development. Oh, system. sure, sure, sure. I'm, so I'm I would go saying, a little. I'm not I'd go a little longer. Six. It was so just what an I example. Do, oh no, no, just an but, example like a high level prospect. You'd give a longer, well, uh, more bountiful contract to a crap prospect. You might give them a three year contract, and you know. Well, what, so what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking or something. Is a little different. What I would what I would do is maybe eight or ten year contracts as a standard role. Like you get drafted, or you get signed internationally at eighteen or whatever. Your eighteen is when that contract would start. Okay, eight or ten years or something like that. Eight, call it eight. Um, that's your year. Those are your service years. Eight years. You're you're on the you're on that, and it will graduate. And there's arbitration. So. So you you know after like three years there's arbitration every year. So if you're making if you're at the major league level and you're a superstar, you'll get you'll get pay raises. Um, and if you're in the minors, you won't. 
And, and, you know, at the end of the eight years, regardless of where you are in the development track, your contract's up, you're a free agent in the Major League Baseball, and you can go sign with anyone else. So, like, you've heard some of the options. Uh, like any of these, or do you got your own idea? Um, I'm, I'm leaning more towards what Rich was saying about the six-year deal, but I, I think once, once you're labeled a top prospect, I think that's when your service time should start, in my opinion. But I, I, I do like the idea of signing them to a six-year deal, but if they're more of a – you know, a tenth or tenth or later prospect, and uh, maybe six, six to eight year deal. I guess if they're worth if they're worth it. But well, see, how do you define a top prospect, though? That's the thing. Well, I mean, objective title. You know, I I agree with you, but I mean, there you do get those who come along who are like Ken Griffey Jr. and uh-huh. uh, and what's his face from who we were just talking about from the Cubs, Chris Bryant. I mean, there, there are a few that come along that are sure prospects. I mean. Well, I think I for those, I think for those, Matt, you just go with uh, slotted as to where you're drafted, similar to the NFL. Yeah. Model. If you wanted to go that well, route, yeah, that's, that's, if you that's wanted to go that route. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You do like a standardized contract because you want to encourage the developments of these of players. Pitchers take a long time. They got to they've got to learn how to pitch and not just throw. I disagree. So There's a, a I disagree. I think, I think with guaranteed contracts in baseball, you need to have some opportunities to do a smaller contract because if you got somebody well, that's, that's, that's just coming off idea. of a free agent, I don't think I want to give them an eight year contract. No, well, no, that's, that's, that's the thing that no, you got you, what you do is you, you do a standardized development contract. The dude gets drafted, he gets signed, you sign it, you get him for eight years. Okay. It doesn't matter how long it like right now you can potentially have a guy for 10 or 12 because they take four years to go through the minors and then their six year development, then their six year contract kicks in. So what you do is you just say, okay, eight. Everyone has con- everyone signs someone who's a rookie, you know, non. Okay, well, you're, baseball hang on, player. Matt. Matt, stop, stop. Get an eight. Matt, stop. It doesn't matter if they're in the minors. Or Matt, the Matt, I don't think you're properly explaining this because here's where I'm getting hung up. Okay. You say it's an eight-year contract. I'm talking about the uh-huh. guarantee part. Of yeah, it. it's eight years for good. I, I don't want to pay eight years to a free agent that I picked up off the street working at Dick's earlier. Well, you today. didn't cut him. You can, you can cut them at any point. That's fine. Well, no, it's but a guaranteed. You, it's a guaranteed contract. Yeah. No, it would be. It would be. It'd be just like the service contract that we have that they have now. We can cut Kalanick next year if we want. We don't have to sign him. We can non-tender him. Okay. His six years of contract. Okay, so it's not a gu- not so it's relevant. not a guarantee then. It would be. It would. It would be. You'd be under team control. Let me put it that way. You'd be under team control for eight years. Okay, I think that's a better be, that's after, a better way to put it. That's a better okay. way to put it. After the third after the third year, every year is an arbitration year. So if you're in the minors and you're still developing, you're not going to get a big pay raise. But if you're up in the majors and you're starting, you're you're contributing as a regular, you're going to get pay raises as, as, as you know attributed to your you know level of production and then the players around you and so forth. And it adjusts as you go as as you're playing. But in the meantime, the team has control for eight years. And then at the end of the eight years, you're a complete free agent. Or if you get non-tendered anywhere along the way, you're a complete free agent, and any team can sign you for a year or eight years if they want, or twenty years if they want. But you're a free agent after that. You just you have eight years of team control. All right. Um, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Okay. Uh, were you going to say something, Rich? Um, my. My, I guess my one thought is that um, 
yeah, it's there definitely needs to be a better system for for all of these, and I, I think that what we've discussed is, is okay um, makes a lot of sense. But what I don't get, what I just don't get, is why I, why these teams are shooting themselves in the foot not bringing up these players to help them win. Like if the guy's ready and he's better than someone on your roster, you should bring him up. Like that's hubris. It's hubris, Rich. It, it, it's this well, idea that it's this idea that you you're 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 outsmarting the system, and that supersedes good. That supersedes good business sense. So it's, well, it's this, not just that. The Mariners sucked last year. If they brought up Kalanick, no, he's not helping. And that's what I'm saying is that the Mariners, the Mariners' ownership and mostly general management for the last 20 years, um, the, they yep. think they got this bright idea. And Richie brought it up earlier. Like better teams aren't doing this as much, you know, with the, I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions, but I mean, um, yeah. It, it, it permeates throughout the, the system. Guys, I want to take a quick look. Uh, uh, we've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, who's the better junior? Vlad Guerrero Indeed. Jr. Or Okay, I didn't even get to say the question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Fernando Tatis or, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Who's the better junior 10 years from now? Tatis. Any reason why? Maybe I should ask this. Oh, I, I, Who's the better junior? Why? And uh, how much money have you put on this? Is that better? Uh, oh. All right. I, I don't know about money-wise, but Tatis, I mean, I think he's just a better all-around player than Guerrero. I mean, I, I sure, you could compare him to their dads. you got Guerrero against his dad. I think his dad's going to be the better player. I don't think Guerrero's going to be a Hall of Famer, but and Tatis, his dad was, was a decent player, but he wasn't a great player, but I think Fernando Tatis. What? We, we 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 watched Junior. We watched him play in for Vancouver. I think it was Vancouver. Yeah, he was in Vancouver. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Was it Vancouver. Yeah, it was Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he played against in 2016 against our own Everett Aqua Sox, and he was impressive back then. And I mean, he's already made a statement in in the National League and MLB, and he just got that big fat contract. I mean, did you? I, I, did you really say? Right? Did you really say Vlad Guerrero Sr. wasn't? I said Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Sr. is a better player than his son will ever oh, okay. be. And... Okay, gotcha. Okay. I thought you were saying the other way around. He I was like, that, you said, no, no. said Tatis' father was not as good as yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we all know that Tatis wasn't as good as uh, as uh, uh, Albert as Pujols. Vladdy, Vladdy right? won. Well, no, Albert Pujols <laughs> who took his job. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. there's a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's true, too, yeah. But, yeah, Tatis Jr. for sure. I think he'll be the um, face of MLB. Uh, guys, Albert Pujols took Mark McGuire. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he was the first base yeah, on that team. No. He didn't move to third base until the next season. Yeah, he played first base. Yeah, and Tatis, got, and Tatis got injured and never got his job back. Yeah, the next year. Yeah. Anyway, anyway who's the better junior? Anyway, Rich? Fernando, mean man. Fernando Tatis is the, is the superior junior uh, because he's already on uh, the cover of uh, the next uh, um, MLB The Show baseball game. Oh, well, that so, proves uh, it, I guess. And, <laughs> and he's already uh, – well, no, I'm just saying he's already he's already becoming the face of the baseball that, that, that Mr. Mr. Solak was, was pushing. 
Um, he's he plays tremendous uh, defense, which Mr. Guerrero is not really capable of. He's DH'd most of last season. He wants to play third base again. They're kind of telling him no. <laughs> he's going to be back at DH. Yep. Um, and at this young stage of career, if you're DHing already, then you're never really going to do anything other than DH or first base. Um, and so, uh, Edgar yeah, Martinez is rolling over in his grave. Edgar Martinez was brought up alive. as a, as a glove. <laughs> I know. Edgar Martinez was brought up as a glove that's first dope. third baseman. I know that's ironic. That's hilarious. By the way, on status anyway. on my status pro baseball 1988 version, uh-huh. uh huh, it refers to Edgar Martinez as Ed Martinez. It is, yes, Ed Martinez. <laughs> All and right, guys. We need one, to... of, one of those versions. One of those versions of baseball also has him as an error ten, <laughs> which is like the worst rating possible. Yeah, it's oh, like, okay. that is Unieski Betancourt bad. Yeah. Um, yeah it's pretty all right. Well, I guess it's time for shoutouts. Uh, Matt, do you, you always come to me first, and I never have one. Always. I think you like to make fun of me. My shout out is to Ma, is to Abraham for being a jerk and always throwing to me first. Well, what about outs. what about your uh, agency that got your refi? No, no, thank you. <laughs> Rich, shout <laughs> out for this it hasn't, week. It hasn't gone through yet. When it does, I will. <laughs> I'm going to do a shout out to the Mariners' uh, ownership for actually doing the right thing. They didn't do anything. Not, the guy retired. Resigned. What? But yeah. No, 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 no. The ownership group actually did the right thing and fired Matter. So he didn't get fired; he retired or he resigned. resigned. Uh, cr- that's a bunch of crap, and you guys know it. <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> he was told that he was told that you're either resigning or we're firing you. Well, I'm sure he was. I'm they, sure yeah, that was said. Allowed, yes. No, I'm sure that was said, but the fact that they allowed him to resign is not good, is bad. Yeah, I'm not going to give them credit no, for that, no, no, Rich. No, 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 no. That's not, no, that's not bad. <laughs> Come on, guys. You, when this all came out, what they gave him a, they did you get, think that he was going to leave? They gave them the easy out, Rich. No, 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 no. Guys, they could have retained him. They would have retained him if this hadn't become a firestorm. It's sad that that is absolutely possible. So I'd like to say a shout out <laughs> to Mariners ownership group for doing for the bare minimum of respectability. The bones minimum like saying... of being a semi-respectable sports <laughs> franchise. Wow. Which is better than anything they've done in the last 20 years. Solak, what, uh, what about you? Yeah. Uh, three quick shout outs. Uh, one to the Everett Aquasocks. Um, Please go to their website, everaquasocks.com. They got cool merchandise and season ticket. We don't know the rules yet for the for COVID, but go purchase some tickets because they can have a long season this year. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, Bellingham Bells, um, their general manager is going to hopefully join us for a podcast on their own, Stephanie Morell. But please go to their website, bellinghambells.com. And last but not least, our guest, the go-to guy, Jim Moore, will be joining us next week on our podcast. So I'm excited for that. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to all the craziness that happened in Seattle sports. It's not football season. So I'm glad we got something to talk about <laughs> with all the insanity. And I want to thank everybody for joining us this week again. Check us out here on Podbean as well as Spotify and iTunes. We'll see you guys next time. 
Go Sports.